and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and talk about it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the new album by Margot Price called Strays, and it starts with a song called Been to the Mountain. Price's fourth studio album and she had dropped out of college she's 39 now and she had dropped out of college in Illinois to move to Nashville and try and make it as a musician and she met her husband when she was 20 he's a guitarist Jeremy Ivey and they together were in a few different bands they really just kind of kept trying to be successful and get signed to a label and never quite made it and she recorded a her first solo album by pawning her engagement ring to pay for the studio sessions and on the strength of that album she got signed to Jack White's Third Man Records and has gone on to success from there. Yeah, it's been a remarkable run to go, you know, to basically not really get started as a solo artist until your 30s and mm-hmm. then to crank out four records which I have all done respectably uh on the charts and I think reasonable critical success got to play on SNL. Like I think right after right around when Mm -hmm. that first record was coming out and pretty remarkable change of fortune. I will straight up admit not personally familiar with her music up till now. And I think it's, you know, kind of lumped in as country music usually like, Oh, she's outlaw country, this new generation of people mixing it up. And I love that this first track says is barely country yeah i mean she's kind of ridden in this middle ground where she was not country enough for the pure country folks and she's too country for the mainstream rock folks and this album i think has kind of a mainstream rock feel but um there's definitely some country twang in yeah well i love she's you know i think worked you know got the prominence to i think have her pick of producers and worked with um this producer who is, uh, you're looking why, at your nose yes i am Maybe. jonathan jonathan wilson okay who i had in the top of my head until i was about to say his name but anyway he's worked extensively with father john misty and i think also worked on the most recent angel olsen record and i love that they you know picked him obviously for picking these people who kind of are in that middle ground between rock mm-hmm. and country but then what the first thing you hear is apparently in his studio he has the organ that tom petty and the heartbreakers used Aww. and they're like yeah, we're putting that on the record. Oh. And so you actually get a lot of this organ and it's a f- 
this really great pedigreed instrument and it gives such a you know great throwback 60s 70s psychedelic psychedelic vibe and again that's other artists but to record this they went to la and so they're up in Topanga Canyon. Topanga Canyon. Uh-huh. I can pronounce things. <laughs> uh, and so it's, I, I love how expansive and, a, you know, great opening track where it's just like this album is full of possibility. So the next song that we're going to play is called Light Me Up. I wake up and reach for you in the middle of the night. Paranoid by cryptic dreams that left me so uptight If the world turns out your light, honey, it will always be alright the first of a number of collaborations where guest artists come in to really jazz up the sound and in this track it's mike campbell on lead guitar and he was yet another tom petty and the heartbreaker connection and brings so much energy we first hear it in those chorus which is so extensive it's kind of overflows the boundaries where it kind of seems done and like no no no, more chorus i'm just go come back for another round and then takes over the entire middle of the song with these amazing super jammy guitar solos but i love with all of that energy that the song does take us on a journey starting off with this low-key almost folk sound with uh I'm not quite sure what mixture of instruments it is, but that if you look at the credits, there's a couple of different 12 string guitarists as well as a harpsichordist. And so it has that very much that throw that throwback sound. And, you know, the, the touch point for me is it felt very much like those uh, old uh, like Led Zeppelin songs where it sounded like, Oh, this is being played by fairies in some forest Glen. And then suddenly the electric cars, guitars come in and blow up everything and yeah especially with the harpsichord in the yeah. beginning it feels very uh very retro in a like you say like kind of a 70s way and her label had really pushed her to um do some co-writing on this album besides than just writing songs with her husband which is what she normally does and she was initially really resistant and, they, and then they said well hey do you want to write with mike campbell because they knew that she was a big tom petty and the heartbreakers fan and she was like, well, he wouldn't really have time to do anything with me. And then he did. And so he just he um, ended up giving a lot of input on all of the songs on this record. And um, it was a really good collaboration. Yeah, I think she, you know, she talks about this song. And I think it's a little bit interesting because it, to have, bring in, a, you know, this d- classic rock dude guitarist. But I think that she has talked about the song is very much about women's agency. And I think that 
you know, in in music generally, and especially in country music, is a long is a lot about kind of the swaggering macho man. And so I think she's talked about this song being like, no, this is about a woman who's like, no, I'm in charge, and like, listen to me, I'm I, I'm the one who matters. And so it's a really great sort of seizing of control in the world. So talking about collaborations, the next song that we'll play is a collaboration with Sharon Van Etten, and it's called Radio. I think I need to take some time now And I want to turn my phone off I just want to be alone Just let me be alone today I'm saving all my extra money Go out get what they never buy me Why do I feel so sick and tired? headphones on to hear the Sharon Van Etten backing vocals in that chorus but the song has such a fingerprint of her on it there's something about the kind of electronic drone in the background and the way that she has of taking songs that you know are kind of quiet in the verse and then really opening up in the chorus and I think Margot Price has said in interviews that she kind of brought this song to Sharon Van Etten and she was just like this is great but like you know change a few little things and I, I think it, what she may have, the input she has, had given has really made the song what it is. Well, I love that it's, you know, I think a lot of the songs on this album are pretty expansive, four, five, six minutes long. This one comes in under three, one of only a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, that Margot Price describing, like, she said to Sharon Venn, and do you think the song needs a bridge? And Sharon Venn is like, nah, it's fine. And it <laughs> is. It's just first course, first course done, really mm-hmm. short to the point. And again, I love that contrast between the synth verses which feel so poppy and then these choruses that are the most kind of traditionally country sounding Mm -hmm. choruses even as the choruses are all about like hey i don't want to listen to the haters i don't want to listen to the people tell me how i should sound and i think it's kind of interesting yeah that where you get the sense of like maybe i'm i can be country sure but i can also sound like this weird like almost 80s synth I don't know, this pop, the pop sound, it's so, such a weird combination, and yet it completely works. Yeah, this album comes out in conjunction with a memoir she wrote, which it might seem weird to write a memoir when you're only 39, but she really wanted to capture the kind of early years where they were really, she and her husband were really struggling, and their story before she forgot it all. And so I feel like from what I've read about her memoir, it really... Um, illustrates this feeling of like she was just going to do it her way and she had a vision for how she wants she wants her sound to be and how she wants her life to be and I feel like a lot of this a lot of the songs on this record including this one are a real statement of that yeah although I, I, I do appreciate that after a number of songs that I think are really kind of take charge feel good like I, I am 
in control of my fate and screw the haters we do go into some darker emotional territory on the tracks that follow and so the next one we'll play is one of those it's called county road such a dark kind of gothic feel and it's really sad i went down a rat hole of reading about what it's about and this is it's about um a good friend of theirs named ben eyestone who was a drummer and he died at 28 years old of colon cancer in part because he just could he was uninsured and he couldn't really get medical care and by the time they found out what was wrong he was you know about to die so um, she says in an interview that he never had a car and he was always borrowing all of our cars and borrowing my bass player's car because they lived together. It was a song about him finally getting some wheels when he got to heaven. Yeah, it is really dark. And yet there there's a real sweetness to it. And I really appreciate, you know, one of the songwriting devices. You know, I talked about how that previous song had no bridge. Here we have a little bit of a slide guitar solo or a pedal steel guitar solo, but what she does here is each of the choruses, she switches up the lyrics. So they're totally different lyrics every time. And I like how there's this progression where it's sort of like, well, maybe you're lucky that you're kind of free and gone. And then the second time through, it's like, well, maybe I'm lucky I'm already dead. It's kind of dark. And then finally, like maybe no one's lucky Mm -hmm. and nobody gets out. And it's, it's, it's sad but also, yeah, I, I, such efficient songwriting. Yeah, and it has such a country feel in contrast to a lot of these songs with the that bass, that deep bass sound and the piano and the acoustic guitar. It's just really pretty too. Yeah, I think this is the first song that I really picked up on having a really prominent piano. And once again, it's not really a kind of, even though piano, I feel it can be a country instrument, the way that the piano is played here mm-hmm. feels, again, so anchoring us much more in like 70s rock-based pop music, yet yeah, her voice brings everything into the country realm. It's really, I, I, I love the, the blending of the elements, which shouldn't work, and yet is consistently working song after song. So we go from that into, uh, I think, a real sonic left turn from the one song that she didn't write on the album. It's called Time Machine. I get lost in- 
This track is written by the drummer Dylan Napier, and I love that off-kilter guitar sound that opens it up, and it's so disarming and seems so cheerful, and especially after the fairly intense emotional ride of County Road, and yet when you dig under the surface, you know, this is a pandemic song about like, things kind of suck. Let's go back to before it sucked like this. So it's, it's not exactly a feel good track, but it's, it's sound is so fun that it's hard. It's hard to feel like put down by it. Yeah. And I don't see a xylophone credited in the credit. So I don't know if that's just a synth, but it just, it's gives it such like a bouncy lightness. It's such a upbeat song. Yeah. There's, it's maybe not the heaviest track on the record. And it's one where there's both, there's not a bridge and the choruses all just kind of pretty much that sound the same uh, with the same lyrics. And yet it's in its own way. It's like that repetitiveness is the perfect pandemic song where it's like every day, it was just like, I guess we're stuck inside again. Um, and that, you know, I think obviously this was album was written during the pandemic. And I think that uh, it was very much like they were, you know, she and her husband were kind of going, getting a little bit stir crazy. And so just said, we had to get out of town and what rent it, rented a house in South Carolina and brought a big bag of mushrooms and wrote this record. So uh, it's they whatever vacation they needed was pretty productive because the songwriting and in this case, a song she didn't write, but it's it's. I wonder results. where you were going with that. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was going someplace and then uh, st- stumbled over myself to get to the fact that, yeah, this is a little bit of a palate cleanser, I think, as we get into the fairly heavy uh, tail end of the record. Uh, and so the next track we'll play is coming into that home stretch, and it's called Anytime You Call, featuring Lucius. That's not the title. It is it's, featuring Lucius. It does feature Lucius. When your skin feels like a cage And all the good times just seem to be correct myself when I called Time Machine the only song that Margot Price didn't write uh, most of the tracks on the record are her and her husband Jeremy Ivy credited together as co-writers this song is just credited Jeremy Ivy so this is another one that's technically not her writing but yeah. Yeah. well yeah I mean insofar as a husband is just an extension of your person um, <laughs> of, of Margot she calls him <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, this one was very charming. And Lucius, of course, pl- their, sort of their thing is that they s- always sing together. It's twin double vocals that are a little bit off. Um, I don't know the music 
musical term, but they're like slightly different so that they sound really beautiful as these double vocals. And so they're doing the backup singing here, which really adds depth to the song. Yeah, it's nice to hear this really, you know, high but still grounded sound that, you know, it's almost kind of a gospel sound, which I think they've gone in a very uh, disco direction in their recent record. So it's nice to hear them going to something a little more earthy this time. Yeah, and she has such a clear, high voice that it's, I think a lot of these collaborators add a real organic warmth to her sound that really enrich these songs. Yeah, and it's yeah, there's this nice another another song. I think that's uh, at, at least here, it sounds really positive. It has this hopeful, and again, I like it to gospel, like just kind of ah, mm-hmm. and yet it's I think here paired with a, a message that it's like oh yeah, we can actually like depend on each other, and I think it is a, it's a more hopeful message for sure. And a great way to introduce the penultimate track, which is the darkest on the record, and it is called Lydia. Say a lullaby, think of a nursery rhyme, or maybe something your mama used to tell you when you couldn't sleep. Jill fell down when the bow breaks, or the cradle will fall. song is a real long saga about a woman who is down on her luck and uh, having a lot of troubles but the way that the strings come in in this part it, it just it's layered over the whole song which is mostly just her voice and acoustic guitar but then the strings just give it so much depth yeah it's a weird song and i think it's speaks to a lot of confidence as an artist like yeah i'm gonna throw in this six minute complete downer of a ballad with no choruses and it's just verse after verse of this woman's in trouble her life sucks she's being ground down by society and capitalism and gentrification and drugs and at every turn things are getting worse for her and yet somehow uh she just empathizes with this person and it's about that empathy but it is this is of all the songs on the record this is a tough one to re-listen for sure and yet, you know, I, th- I think it's an art, an artistic statement. And it's just like, yeah, that things are dark and we still have to feel empathy for everyone. Yeah, I think her empathy really f- runs through this record. And it starts with the first song where she's kind of saying, you know, I've been to the mountain. I've, I've you know, I've been a mom. I've been a child. I've been the victim. I've been the perpetrator. You know, she, she kind of s- explains that she has played she's been on both sides of a lot of things and that that i think gives her this gift of being able to empathize with a lot of different people and she inhabits this character in particular really effectively yeah it's a very you know i think this is the most in in some ways i feel like yeah the record is very universal and it talks about 
very big, you know, universal themes and those kinds of just unsubtle broad strokes feelings. And here's this one case of this character study. And this is, yeah, unlike some of the other songs, not based on any one person, just kind of her general perception of things. I think she specifically, I think was in Vancouver and just noticed like, God, there's a lot of methadone clinics around. Like this is a nice town with a lot of methadone clinics. Mm -hmm. And that sort of just inspired, I think this story of living in a transitional neighborhood and trying to get one's life together it's it's a tough tough listen but yeah it's really I, vivid i hadn't been aware of margot price before i don't really follow country and americana unless somebody kind of rises above um you know the genre to really cross over into a lot of uh, music publications that i read and you can see why she's kind of she's no longer being pigeonholed by a genre that maybe she sort of fit into before this this album just crosses so many different categories and has so many different styles and at the heart of it is just her voice and her vision for what she wants her what she wants to say and how she wants to sound and that makes it feel cohesive even though it crosses so much varied territory yeah if she's got that twang even as there's so much sweetness and that's about it to kind of anchor it in a Nashville sound. Everything else about this is so yeah, transcendent. It's re- it's a really remarkable sort of next step. And, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, she's almost 40, but this is, yeah, she's only been making solo records for I think seven years now. Right. And uh, r- remarkable to be that prolific and to, you know, to get started relatively late and then start, just the ideas are flowing out of her. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what she does next. So we're going to go out with the last song on the record, which is called Landfill, and it's actually one of my favorites. And so we've been discussing Strays by Margot Price, her fourth album, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.